0: welcome to the calligraphy masters podcast my name is Milanist, and this is a show where i talk with some of the most inspiring and influential artists in the world of calligraphy lettering and sign painting with the goal of exploring their mindset and understand how they became successful welcome back to another episode of calligraphy masters podcast and today we have another super special guest this is ivan castro Ivan Hi. is correct. Ivan is correct because because in Bulgaria we say Ivan or I don't know Ivan is good. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, Ivan is fine. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so, welcome to the podcast mate. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm fine. Thank
0: you. And you? I uh, I'm great. I'm great. It's uh, it's a bit too hot today like I was uh, out and it's too hot, but I'm here it's cool <laughs> and it's fun. Yeah.
1: Here, here in Spain, it, here is still fine. I mean, like about twenty degrees, which is ideal. But I think that, uh, yeah, in a few weeks it will be kind of unbearable as well. Yeah. I know. Southern Europe, Southern Europe style. Yeah.
0: Well, summer here gets like 40-45, So.
1: Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> not bad <laughs> for sure. So, first of all, I love your mustache, man. I'm a huge fan of moustaches. I really like this, <laughs> super cool. I also like your background. This is super nice, man.
1: Uh, I mean, th- this is the, the studio I got at home, um, because uh, I, I, I set up this studio about one year ago or something and I had some some prints and some stuff and finally got a place to put them all together so yeah there is no room for anything else so yeah know. Is, no. is, is it all your works no no actually uh there is almost nothing that i have done i mean i gilded this one but it, it was um it, it's it's a reproduction of a of a vintage graphics Uh, But yeah, this is a a skateboard. Oh, you you almost cannot see this one. I got a skateboard pinstripe by a friend of mine. Um, This is from um, the Sambor MAP company. It it, it, it used to be a a MAP company in the United States uh, from the Victorian era. That was completely amazing. The the graphics were amazing. And my pal, Adrian El Deletrista, vectorized it, screen-printed, and I killed it. Uh, this was done by um, Gold, Gold, Gold West, Golden West graphic, uh, Sign painting, which is uh, Derek McDonald. Um, I did that with Adrián as well. This is some old type, a poster by El Marquez, an illustrator from Barcelona. Uh, some letterpress poster, I mean, uh, there is, I don't like too much to see my work around, you know. It's I, I prefer have uh, stuff from other people because it kind of inspires me much better I, than my own things. I know
0: I have nothing of mine as well <laughs> here, but yeah, is, yeah. but I mean your work is great, man. So so, Thank you. so let's start the podcast, man. Like, can you tell us a bit more about yourself? Like, how old are you? Where are you from? And uh, what's your like childhood been like? How or at what point did you met with letters and how everything started?
1: Cool. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm Ivan Castro. I, uh, I was born and raised in Barcelona and I actually live in Barcelona. Not, not exactly in Barcelona. I live in a, in a town near Barcelona, but um, yeah, very, very close to the, to the center of the city. Um, I am 44 years old. Oh, and I have been doing calligraphy for more than 20 years. Um, yeah, about my childhood. Yeah, actually, my relationship with letters come from when I was a kid. I, I started I, I learned to read very, very at a very young age, about three. And it <laughs> was because um, I was looking at the signs on the streets. I mean, I was walking with my mom down the street and it, it was like a bakery um dentist um bookshop and 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 my mom was like what the fuck are you reading science and and i was like i guess so um and that that was because i was looking at the letter forms okay so i also liked comic books when i was a kid as every other as any other kid i guess but i i kind of put more attention to the the titles Uh, of the comic books down to the illustrations and you know i i used to draw gothic letters when i was eight years old because i liked the look of it and yeah yeah i i was kind of a weird kid but Mm -hmm. it wasn't until i i went to study graphic design um that i took a a calligraphy class with keith adams and and that Completely changed the game. That, that that was the the kickstarter of, of my career.
0: How old uh, were you at that point?
1: Uh, about twenty years old.
0: Twenty years yeah. old. Okay.
1: Yeah, actually, it wasn't. A, I wasn't studying graphic design at that point, but industrial design.
0: Mm. You know,
1: furniture and appliances and all. Um, but I looked at the same school what the graphic design students were doing, and I was like. Fuck, I should have taken graphic design instead of industrial. And I I could take the um, the, the calligraphy class. And and yeah, I, I took that and it's like, okay, definitely want to do that for the rest of my life. And when I finished industrial design, then I started to study graphic design. And well, I I started working in studios and agencies and doing, you know, uh, logotypes and brochures and uh, magazines and posters and all all that that a graphic designer does.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: But uh, every time that I could, I took some calligraphy and lettering into my projects. Um, And it was fine. I was a graphic designer that knew how to use calligraphy and lettering. But it, it got to a point in 2010 uh, when the recession hit very, very hard here in Spain and almost all the graphic design studios in Barcelona were like closing, fire, firing people, and I, I got unemployed. So I I thought, okay, I, I don't think I'm gonna find easily a job in a graphic design studio now. Uh, so I better think of another move. So I thought about going freelance. I mean, I had already, I have been already freelancing a bit with calligraphy and lettering. So I I went full time with that and it it was 2010 and and that was a very good moment for calligraphy and lettering because it it kind of boomed, you know, Mm -hmm. and suddenly lettering was really, really popular into uh, graphic communication and and i had been doing that for a while already so that put me in a in a nice position to you know to get jobs and all
0: when you start when you got this uh, first workshop uh, what what script was uh, this workshop about
1: yeah actually it wasn't a workshop i mean it was a a one year long class so okay. basically i had a uh, formal um, training in calligraphy from Carolingian, Italic, um, Roman Capitals, uh, Uncial, Gothic. I mean,
0: everything. Uh,
1: the, the whole spectrum, yeah. The whole story of the Latin alphabet. So that, uh, with with my my teacher Keith, that was very very interesting because I not only learned. Um, technically, how to do calligraphy. Uh, since it was so extensive, um, I learned a lot about the logics behind uh, calligraphy. Uh, and if you think how to apply that to lettering or, or type design, it is very important to understand the tools and the history and the evolution of letters. So it, it was that I not only learned how to calligraphy, I also learned the logics uh, behind the letter forms
0: okay and like for this one year like were you going like every day or like was it a weekly like I never heard somebody doing a one-year thing I'm just uh, so many questions
1: it's uh it was a a weekly class I mean every week I had a three hours class and then I had homework and bigger projects for um, next week or for the next for the end of the term and it it was pretty immersive yeah
0: okay and from all these uh, scripts styles that you are learning can you tell me which was the easiest for you to learn and which was the most uh, difficult
1: i think that the the easiest was the carolingian okay because it it wasn't well we did historic carolingian as well, but we we started with the actually it, it was the foundational by Edward Johnston, and this is like very clean and very uh, it's very it's a very neutral script. Mm-hmm. You know, when when I teach, I I, uh, I I like to 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 teach that script because it's something it's kind of modular with very clean shapes. Um, so I think it's it's a very Good way to start doing calligraphy.
0: This is the, if I'm not wrong, this is the forefather of uh, Textura Quadrata, right?
1: Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of.
0: Textura Quadrata came from it or not?
1: Yeah, kind of, yeah. Textura Quadrata actually is, yeah, it's it's a uh, evolution of the Carolingian, but Carolingian is very round shaped and Textura Quadrata is more angular, mm-hmm. but and, and narrower but the, the ductus is very similar
2: yeah okay.
1: so uh th- this is kind of the easiest script and the most difficult were certain uh historical scripts like um Spanish Visigothic or something like that you know stuff i haven't done again since i was a, a student because i don't know how to use them and not feeling very yeah, I, I I don't feel very attracted to them. Um, I, don't misunderstand me. I think that it's important to study historic uh, scripts. Yes, but it, that, that is because studying uh, historical scripts take, uh, make you understand better the contemporary letter forms. Mm-hmm. But but not as a as a as a name on itself. I mean. Copying uh, a medieval manuscript, is that a good idea? I think that it's a good idea as an, as an exercise, as a training, but, you know, doing a facsimile of a medieval manuscript is not something that I think that it's a good job uh, on, its, um, on its own, you know? It's mm-hmm. cool as an exercise, but not, hey, I'm going to copy that, okay.
0: So, Roman Capitals was not the hardest? Usually people tell me they have the biggest issues. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. But but the thing is that I I took Roman Capitals a bit later. Okay. And yeah, yeah, it's... it's, I mean, it's still very challenging to do Roman Capitals, uh, because with Roman Capitals, you have to master, on one side, the structure of the letter, and on the other side, how the two work. Um, And the structure of the Roman Capitals is... It is very clean and very geometrical the structure itself so that means that the minimum mistake anyone is going to notice it Mm
2: -hmm.
1: i mean there are another scripts that are you know more fireworks and you 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 may it up with the spacing or the structure but yeah you know it'll be fine but with roman capitals you have nothing to hide behind so any little mistake with the structure or with the spacing and it's gonna flash yeah um but on the other side you got the pressure the twisting of the of the of the brush um and yeah it's it's kind of humbling and humiliating actually
0: okay and after this uh freelancing stuff like how how did everything go like uh, you mentioned earlier that you teach also like at, yeah. a, at what point did you start teaching and was it something you decided okay now i'm gonna teach or was it like people started asking you to teach them?
1: Actually I started teaching even before going freelance Okay. I have been teaching since 2004 uh, Someone invited me, some, someone that knew that I was doing calligraphy and that I was okay doing calligraphy invited me to give a workshop at a school in Barcelona which is BAU, it's one of the main graphic design schools in barcelona and it was a kind of short workshops like six weeks every <laughs> Monday. yeah well because it's it's six classes it's okay yeah yeah i mean now it's very common to have a weekend workshop or a four-hour workshop but you know 20 years ago it, it, it wasn't that there, there was not that workshop culture we have right now but, but uh, at that same year my teacher Keith adams and, and my partner, Uriol Miró, they were teaching at Elisava, another design school in Barcelona.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they needed another teacher for a couple of groups. They could not help, you know? So they, they asked me to join the team. And I, you know, with, with 25 years old, I was, I was teaching graphic design. Um, so, sorry, I was teaching calligraphy at the graphic design degree okay and 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 i did that for a while but it 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 got to a point that you know teaching calligraphy to graphic design students i mean they may be interested or they may be not interested so it it it's exhausting when you have a class of 20 people and only four are paying attention and doing the homework. So I finally quit it's like, like, it was like, you know, I, I got better stuff to do. So I'm now I am more focused on, yeah, that format, short workshops or longer workshops, but for people that actually want to do that.
0: When you mentioned like that, it was the way it was before. It's kind of true, but at the same time, I, I think it is the better way to teach calligraphy because you know today today's workshop of course you learn some stuff but it's no. not it's not the same you know
1: no Sh- short workshops are perfect to learn one particular scripts or one technique uh and that and that is fine or uh if you're teaching yourself because you can be autodidactic and you can teach yourself and sometimes you have you, you want to have contact with real people and with a teacher and you, you want to know other people that does calligraphy so you know a short workshop is fine but yeah a long class is, is a better way to learn calligraphy um Uriel Miró which i have already mentioned with other teachers like Juan Quiroz or Gina Serret um or Laya Soler uh, some people from spain we we actually have a one year long course at visions which is a school here in barcelona and we we manage the calligraphy area of the school so yeah we have a very very extensive i think it's like 200 hours during the whole year and we do everything i mean everything means um from carolingian to um to this, because it's, it's very important to, to, underst- to understand uh, calligraphy and lettering from the widest point of view, and you need a lot of time for that, yeah.
0: Of course, you started with calligraphy, but I know you're doing also lettering, you're doing also sign painting, at what point in your life those things came into your life and uh, why, did, like, how did you get interested in them? Like yeah, because, um, because calligraphy and letter like they, they are letters, but at the same time they are very yeah. different. So uh, I'm just curious, like, at what point did you start doing lettering and sign painting? Was it at the same time, or how was it?
1: Um, you know, the first thing I did was calligraphy, um, and from that I took graphic design. And while I was studying graphic design, I took a course on on type design. Okay. okay. Um, And and at that class, I learned what lettering was. I mean, I I put a name to what lettering was. Of course, I knew that there was something that was drawing letters, but, you know, there was calligraphy and there was um, type design and somewhere in between there was something that was drawing letters, uh, like if it was for type design, but 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 you don't have to do the whole alphabet. You're doing a group of letters like calligraphy. So I felt very interested in that. I then discovered the works of House Industries and uh, the works from uh, Ryan Hughes or Art Chantry. I mean, people that was closer to graphic design, but they were doing an amazing job, not only with type design, also drawing letters. And I was like, okay, I, I know what, shapes are supposed to have the letters and everything I've done in my life has been with a with a pen or a brush. Why don't why, why I trying with, with a pencil and building the letters instead of writing them? And then I got interested on in lettering and the other day I was checking files and in 2006 I, I already did a, a poster all hand letter and, and and that made me feel a bit old, <laughs> but yeah, at that point I was already doing lettering at certain, you know, I, I could print a poster, a, a real thing, you know, mm-hmm. and about uh, sign painting, I, I was just curious at it. I am not a sign painter. I mean, I, I can, I can, I, I know how it works and I can paint a sign if it's something simple, but, it you know, a number of years ago also, um, there was that uh, documentary, Sign Painters, mm-hmm. and and uh, the trailer of the of the movie, Run like Powder, and I was like, Oh wow, this is another thing which is not not calligraphy, though it's kind of linked to calligraphy. It's not lettering, but it's kind of similar to lettering. I I I want to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got interested on in it, and I wrote certain people from the United States that I had met online, and they gave me some tips, and I started to do it. But the thing is that the thing with with sign painting is that it's a job in itself. I mean, for, for to be a sign painter, you have to be a sign painter, and you need a workshop, and you need to be a sign painter full time. I think. Okay. And I had already, I already had a career as a letter artist and calligrapher, so it's like I don't have time to to sign painter, sign painting full time. But I know how it works, so if someone needs once in a while some sign, I, I can I can paint it. But I, you know, I leave it for others usually
0: this interesting because i never like i've spoken with other sign painters as well but you're the first who says it in such way and now that you say it 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 kind of makes sense because i don't know if there are people who are sign painters and doing sign painting just for the fun of it
1: it's not fun i mean (laughs) painting a sign is not fun i mean the, the first one you paint it's a pain in the ass and the second one maybe it's a bit cleaner but it's I mean, you get high with the with the vapes of the of the NML. Uh, you stink of uh, turpentine the whole day. Your clothes get your clothes get dirty. Your home will uh, smell like uh, turpentine for a whole week. It's a pain in the ass <laughs> to, to paint a sign. But if you're the kind of people that like that, you you're you are you will be fine with it. But then you have to, you know, have a space for it. And yeah, I mean, you gotta. The thing is, you gotta take it very, very seriously mm-hmm. because it's a job in itself. Yeah. And now it's kind of, hey, I'm a sign painter. Look <laughs> at that. Uh, uh, look at that gold. Look how it sh- how it shines. But I-, I look like an old man. You know, I I know. But thirty years ago, being a sign painter is like, yeah, it's it was just a blue collar worker, nothing fancy about it. And now it's cool which is nice (laughs) but you know the origin of the of the trade is is nothing fancy it's just you know people doing their jobs
0: yeah that makes sense when you said you already were doing your money with calligraphy and lettering do you remember what were your first jobs or commissions or like how how were you making money out of calligraphy like how what's the process of being a calligrapher and making it as a profession
1: I, I remember exactly my first job. It, it was actually very early when I was um, when I was studying with Keith Adams in that one-year-long course. Uh, they, they someone called to the school, and it was like, "Hey, I need some calligrapher." It was uh, it was uh, some advertising for TV for some you know it was it it, it was whatever. I, I, I don't I don't exactly remember what was the 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 advertising about, but the thing is that they needed someone that did some manuscripts and they had to um, shot it and put it on the advertising on TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was something very simple, done with italics in a Renaissance style, something kind of easy, but it was very intense because it was advertising and the rhythm with advertising is always very intense I got paid uh, the equivalent because it was before the euro uh, I was paid about 300 euro for a job that now it would cost like two thousand maybe or something like that wow. uh, but I it, I was a rookie it was my first job and for me at that point it was a lot of money for doing calligraphy you know it was like hey that okay that can work yeah so yeah my first job they just called the school and um asked for someone and the school sent to me because i was kind of you know uh kind of good in the class yeah Mm -hmm.
0: i know but just for the people who are like listening and they may be considering if they should do calligraphy like what are the jobs like what kinds of jobs or commissions do you get like as a calligrapher and lettering artist?
1: yeah i can tell you my like my last um, my last uh, project Uh, yesterday i just i released um, a calligraphy job which was i cannot talk too much about it but there is a video game which is released during that month and they're gonna send uh, a press kit to bloggers and influencers. And and into that I, I, inside that press kit, there is a letter. Like if someone sends a letter to someone else, and that letter is supposed to be manuscript. And it, it was a letter um, in a style of uh, the 18th century. Um, yeah, that, that is a simple job that I have to do quick, but it was nice because it was calligraphy it's uh, seldom i got calligraphy commissions because it's most it's most lettering what i am commissioned
2: uh
1: what else i have done recently um this is still not published but it's fine i think i it's okay if i if i talk about it uh i design a typeface for my city i mean the yeah, it's a big thing for me that's you know? that's a cool I, thing I, I, I live in a small city uh i'm from the city from the from the city council they they called and they said that they wanted to have a typeface for they for the council for you know for public uses and yeah i i work with an agency through a year and i set up that program that i will show um, very soon. I mean, it's, it's still not released.
0: So, it's like a, a year of work to to make this uh, typeface.
1: Yeah. But, well. Yeah. Because th- there is some back and forth and indip- it dependent of It's that typeface depended of um, bigger body of work that has to do with strategy and branding and other kind of things. So I. Got it stopped for a while and then continue. So if, if I was on my own, maybe in three four months I could have done that project, but you know it took a bit longer because I had to work with another people doing another stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what else I have done? I have done recently also a campaign for um, TMB. TMB is the public transportation uh, company in Barcelona. So uh, they're going to launch. Uh, I have, maybe someone is calling my door soon because I I am supposed not to talk about this, but you know now <laughs> no, no, no one's listening now. I
0: mean, people uh, who are listening—it's people from calligraphers and stuff yeah, yeah. like this. So <laughs>
1: yeah. no, but uh, at, at at the the transportation company, uh, the public transportation company, they uh, they are launching a, a some sort of post-pandemic campaign okay. um, to you know to make people um, love the city again and start to travel again with public tra- public transportation to live their lives as if nothing happened and part of that is um, you know calligraphy is very big in that campaign
0: okay that's uh, cool.
1: what else uh, i have done recently yeah you know
0: you know you can tell me like uh... Two, two kinds of projects that you've done. One that is your most favorite commission or project that you work and one that, that was the most uh, challenging.
1: I think that working for advertising is interesting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I like that because it's every project is very different from the other
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you get to work with an art director that knows what they want and i focused on with solving that problem so i i i am very comfortable with w- when i work with a good art director that tell me exactly what they done sometimes uh that goes a bit against my freedom as an artist mm-hmm. but sometimes i got certain freedom and and it's fine so yeah i kind of like working with advertising I must say, I must say that usually advertising um, are kind of conservative because it's usually big brands, Yeah, but sometimes it's very cool.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Sometimes it's very cool. Uh, projects I hate, it's not about the type of project. It's more about the type of client probably Okay. because yeah. On one side you have an art director that knows exactly what they want. On the other side you may have a private client Uh, for example someone that runs a small business and needs a logotype but they don't know exactly what they want but they tell you oh you have total freedom you can do whatever you want and usually that means i can do whatever i want always that it matches what they have in mind which is something they can't explain You know, there are certain type of client that I try to avoid. I mean, when I see certain insecurities, it's like, oh, there's going to be a lot of work with that, which is not exactly about drawing letters. And yeah, yeah, it's it's not about the type of project. It's about the type of client. I I prefer clients that have a very clear idea of what they want and try to avoid uh, people which uh, actually, they're gonna waste my time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it, it gets to a point where, you know, creativity is a bit overrated, because it could be interesting, like, hey, it's like a open field, like you can do whatever you want, and it's an interesting moment to experiment, but that that, that is nice at the beginning of, of the project, but when they reject systematically what you do then you what you want is finishing the project and hmm. get the money and run from that client you know
0: yeah so what was the most exciting or your most favorite project that you worked on
1: that that typeface i have designed for the city is quite exciting because it's something that it's gonna be all around
0: yeah
1: house.
0: i mean it, it, it sounds pretty cool to make uh
1: a... yeah it is it is but uh, what, what i'm more excited you know what, what what i'm more excited about it is that people is gonna use it yeah I, and it's, it's not me it's not that i am gonna use a typeface maybe they commissioned something <laughs> and i got to use the typeface i have designed but you know some other graphic design studio or someone in the city council needs to you know to design something to put on an instagram and they use a typeface and they can use it brilliantly or or they can do something that is completely unexpected so i'm, I'm very curious to see what what's going to happen with that typeface yeah yeah and um, I, I i another more specific thing um like six seven years ago i i designed a a brand for a vermouth mm-hmm. um And I got to design the logotype and also some graphics for the bottle of Bermuda. And that that brand is really, really cool. It's called uh, Elba Barra. I I will send you links or something later if you want. Yeah, sure, Uh, sure. And everything they do with with the logotype or the graphics I design is super cool. It's super cool. And it's still alive and they keep doing some stuff. For example the last big thing they did is that they they bought a a, a fire truck okay and they painted red with the logotype like super huge in the fire truck and they filled the fire truck with vermouth <laughs> and they go to events you know when i mm-hmm. serving vermouth to people and you know it's it's super cool because they do very cool things with with that brand Also, for some personal reasons, I I really like that project, but yeah. Also, my book, you know, uh, a number of people that doesn't know about it. No, no, no,
0: we'll speak about the book in a bit.
1: (laughs) Okay, okay. It's on the I read a book once in a while and I was very happy. I'm still very happy about it. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I will definitely talk about it. I just uh, before we finish this team. So does this mean that usually your clients find you or you work with an agency to get uh, your jobs? Both. Both?
1: Both, yeah. Okay. I work with an agency, which is um, the mushroom company. It's uh, one of the main agencies here in Spain. Mm -hmm. But most of the the work is because people find me. Yeah.
0: I see. And uh, another question before we jump to your book. I'm curious. Besides uh, Keith Adams, have you attended any other people's uh, workshops or classes or something like this? Uh,
1: I Yeah, I have, but I cannot remember anyone that was like, this is super revealing. I mean, I have attended some, some classes that, as I told you, yeah, a 2 years workshop that did you one specific thing, but the, the, the huge body of... Uh, learning I got was at that first year with, mm-hmm. with yeah.
0: Okay, fair enough. And then? Um,
1: yeah, for, for example, uh, talking about the techniques, um, oh, I already mentioned Uriel Miró a couple of times, which is, I, I teach with him at Visión, so he's been a friend of mine for, since I started to teach, and he, he taught me to guild traditionally, and that was very interesting or um there's another another but now it's a friend which is gurro from uh scriptorium yayan and gurro makes um uh makes artisanal watercolors okay uh, he, he makes watercolors you know from the ground pigments with some uh agglutinants is the word uh. yeah uh, he mixes um, pigments with um, um, agglutinants like arabic gum or uh, egg whites or something like that to mix uh, and to, to mix the, the, the watercolors and I, I took a workshop with Kuro, and from that I look at my color materials from another point of view because you realize how proper quality pigments uh, work very different from you know the the lower grade ones and that 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 is very interesting. I mean right now uh what I am more interested in is in specific techniques
2: mm-hmm. like
1: learning how to work with parchment or something like that than with um Different letter forms or script.
0: Yeah. Does this mean that uh, you make your own colors, or you have some specific brand that you prefer to write with?
1: Yeah, actually, I sometimes I make my own colors, mm-hmm. or I got Kuro's um, ones. Kuro makes amazing watercolors. Like
0: he also sells it.
1: When he has some, he does. For example, my 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 girlfriend. Uh, gave me this for Christmas. I don't know if you can yes, see I can see This is a very interesting project because Curro went to, uh, he's from southern Spain from a very specific area in Jaén. So he went there and took some earth from different places and every earth had a different color. So he ground the earth and mixed it with different um, agglutinants and he made watercolors out of earth. And then he put it in, in that. This is olive tree.
2: What? And
1: olive trees are very, 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 are ubiquitous in kind. In that area. It's full of olive trees. So this is a, is a piece of art. This itself is much more worth than this you know I mean yeah. this is okay but <laughs> if, I, if if you know the story about uh, behind this it's like okay yeah it's not exactly the same so yeah I'm, I'm much more interested in the origin of the things being colors or inks or tools or whatever yeah
0: but if this is a piece of art it looks like it's never used are you ever gonna use it <laughs>
1: uh, I you know, I have never used it because uh, it was this Christmas, uh, you know, four months ago that my girlfriend gave this to me. And I still, am, I'm still thinking um, what to do with that. Because it's not something that I can use it for daily practice. I, ha- I want to do a specific project with that. And and I, I'm still thinking about it, yeah. Yeah, that is the bad thing that you cannot um, you know, use your thing. Yeah. That kind of daily.
0: So does this mean that you are still practicing? Like after twenty years of calligraphy, you still daily
1: practice? Um, it's it's. I mean, when you have to work every day, and you have to teach mm-hmm. very often, um, that, that dynamics take you to practice. And yeah. Uh, last last year, I I had an exhibition in here in my hometown, in Samboy as well. and Yeah, that forced me to do some stuff that I don't get to do while well teaching or uh, in my commercial work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it was a very interesting period working in that exhibit because it, it was all calligraphy. It was all uh, expressive calligraphy. It, it, there was nothing about lettering or commercial work. It was only calligraphy. And, and it, it was interesting because of that because I, I, I got to do type of, types of types of letter or techniques that I don't usually do in my commercial work mm-hmm. or, or while teaching.
0: Okay And is there a specific script or a class that is your favorite to teach?
1: Uh, yeah, probably probably black letter. Yeah, probably black letter, because, well, I don't have to explain you why black letter is probably my favorite <laughs> to teach, but I think that this is for my pleasure. But I think that the most important thing when you are learning calligraphy, maybe it's not black letter, it's... Yeah, we we talked before about Mm Carolingian, it's more important to learn Carolingian if you don't know shit about calligraphy, start with Carolingian and once you got Carolingian Master, then you can go to Black Letter, because Black Letter comes from Carolingian, as we mentioned, Mm -hmm. Um, Carolingian, Italics and Roman Capitals, You, you you don't need to do the complex serif Roman Capitals, you can do simpler without serif roman capitals and that three writings are the ones that you have to start with Mm -hmm. after that i mean anything else comes from that
0: at what at what point came the moment to or the need to make a book and and actually i have a question is it only one book or are there many books because i've looked online and the abc of lettering uh, on Google comes different books. I don't know if it's just the color. Is it different edition or what? Talk a bit about this.
1: Yeah, it's it's in English and in Spanish. Okay. So yeah, uh, I got it here. This is the the original edition in English, and and then I translated to to Spanish. Okay. So yeah, um, in English. The, the ABC of custom lettering, and in Spanish we simplify to to laF the lettering.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, actually, it was a commission from a, from a publisher, which is Corero Press. It's a, it's a British publisher. I had worked with them before doing some small things, but one, one day uh, Jack, the publisher, called like, hey, I want a lettering book a lettering handbook you know a didactic didactic book about lettering and it was like okay I I can do that but I was a bit worried because prior to that um, Correo Press was known for doing coffee table books with you know a lot of illustrations and images but not real text content and it was like I don't want to do a coffee table book what I want to do is something that Pushes people to draw letters, and it's very didactic, and a lot of text. and I don't need it. I don't even need it to be in color. It's inks, and uh, I mean, I put a, uh, some conditions, and he was like, "Hey, I'm I'm fine with that. I mean, yeah, yeah, do whatever you want." And he was like, "Okay, let's let's do that." And I had been teaching for a while, so. Basically, what I did is taking all I had in, on my head about teaching calligraphy and lettering, and trying to condense it in a book, mm-hmm. and that was kind of a big responsibility because, you know, when, when you're teaching and you're in a class and you can say whatever you want and maybe one day you're not very fine and the class is a bit, eh, but, but it's okay. But man, if someone is printed, it's not OK if you fuck it up. I mean, you, you got to be really, really, really precise in what you got printed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what was going to happen with that book, but I was happy to do it. Uh, and it, 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 th- this is from 2015. And it was a point in which there was some lettering books but they were more like activity books like hey let's copy that alphabet you know and they they didn't go to the roots of the thing which is actually calligraphy because this this book is first you learn calligraphy and to understand basic things and then you move on to lettering but there were no books that um were um set up like that Mm
2: -hmm.
1: so it was a success it was a success because it it is i think it is a good book and at that point there were not many good books about lettering after that the book by uh, martina flor the golden secrets of lettering appeared and more recently the lettering manual by ken barber appeared. and for me those are the three good books about lettering there are some other books about lettering but those are the most complex mm-hmm. and um and yeah so that book was Big success at its point. It's still selling well. It's uh, it's going by the fifth print, which okay. is not bad for a lettering book. And 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 the thing is that people know that if if someone knows me, it's probably because I I, I am that guy. The cover of that book. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm quite satisfied with it.
0: Who who is this book for? Like, do you need to be a beginner? Do you need to be already in call- calligraphy? or Who is this book for?
1: actually it it starts from um hey you know this is a piece of paper and this is an a a pen and here you have some ink so if you dip the pen in the ink and then rub it on the piece of paper you got some letters so it starts from here so for beginners especially for people that is a beginner in calligraphy i think it is a good book because yeah it's about lettering but about 40 percent of the book is calligraphy. So I, I I sneaked calligraphy into the lettering book because for me it's very important. So for beginners it's cool, but for people that already has done some calligraphy and wants to improve um, their lettering technically, I think it's very interesting because it, because it got to the detail of mm-hmm. the letter forms. Uh, the, the, the book is uh, set up like hey there are different letter styles so i present you that letter style and then we are gonna do a project with it and when i say we are gonna do it it's because i have already done it so i present that project and i put the step by step um with the small changes i do with the, with a lot of attention to detail and i think that following that journey um it's, it's a very very good way to learn. So, it's for beginners, but it's also for more intermediate uh, uh, letter artists. And
0: is it only uh, teaching stuff in it, or are there also works of yours?
1: There are some works, but they are for... Uh, examples? Yeah, for examples about certain letter forms. For example, if I uh do the interlock uh, if i am looking at the interlock uh chapter there will be a couple of uh, a couple, uh there will be a spread
0: i love stone. this so much i actually I actually saw exactly this page when i was searching for and i was like how many books are there but this one this <laughs> yeah. one i love this one
1: <laughs> thank you well the, the thing is that i put that but it's it's not for you know for flashing my job it's because it's not about me it's it's because because with that you have many examples of that um of that particular style
0: mm-hmm. okay so
1: then I, I i published another book um in 2018 which is uh,
0: guys for the abc uh, of custom lettering if you're interested and you don't have it already there will be a link in the description so oh, you'll be yeah. able to get it.
1: So I, I published this other book, uh, Lettering a Tope, which, which was also translated to English, mm-hmm. uh, Lettering to the Max. And this one is more for beginners. I think that this one is easier to... I mean, it, it's, it's about lettering, but it skips the calligraphy part and explain the same concepts from a more simple point of view. Uh, And, uh, you know, at the beginning I wasn't very sure. This this was another commission from uh, the LaRousse publisher. And I I wasn't very sure, like, yeah, they want something about, you know, for amateur people. But, you know, I I don't teach for amateur people. I teach for people that want to be professionals. But it was like, hey, if I don't do it, someone else is going to do it. So yeah, 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 I'll do that. So at the beginning, I was a bit like, I'm not sure about the concept of that book. But step by step, I was like, hey, I can do a good book also for amateurs. And I came up with that. And, and, and I think it's a nice book as well. And here they, and, and it, it, it has color. You know, it's, it's not only totally about uh, black and white swings. It has some images in colors. And some some more of my work, and you you got the basic concepts of lettering, and you know like spacing. Yeah. Well, so that that thing about the square and the circle and the, and the triangle, you you also got it, and different different styles of letters are the variations. I don't know if you see here Yes, yes, you, you can do with the simple structure of a letter. And I'm quite happy about it, too. Yeah. This is less known because I guess that people go direct to the ABC and skip this one. But I think that this is a good book anyway. I
0: never knew that people can get even commissioned to make a book, but this is cool. So you you have only two books so far? Yeah, yeah and uh yeah, I
1: have some small things that i have self-published but it's it's more uh th- th- those are the the good ones yeah
0: how, how much time did it take you to make uh, each one of those books
1: um you know with the abc it was a bit strange because i i was like i have like a whole year let's say
2: mm-hmm. a little
1: more than one year maybe but the thing is that when i was about to start doing that book. Um, my father got ill and, and th- there was a period when I was more thoughtful about my dad uh, that eventually passed away. And I well, I, I couldn't work on my book because I was focused on, my, on taking care of my father. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the time was running anyway. And I, I, I had a commitment with the publisher. And yeah, at some point I could have said, hey, my, you know, my life is complicated. I, I, I need some more time. But once my dad passed away, it was like, okay, I'm gonna do that. And I'm gonna miss the, I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet the, the deadline. And I do it in about eight months, this book maybe. Okay. <laughs> a very, very short time, but I only did that. I mean, I, I, I uh, um, disconnected my phone and I woke up every day at 8 o'clock and started to, you know, because I wrote the book, also did the illustrations, also did the layout and time. So I did everything. It was like, hey, here you are the book. You can send it to print. Um, so I did everything in that book and it was an insane amount of work. Um, so I only did that in eight months, hmm. and with lettering some a, a bit less maybe, a bit less time, because it's a shorter book, uh, but less than a year, definitely, hmm. each book, yeah, but, but I mean, that time is if you only do a book, and it's good, <coughs> sorry, it's good that I had a deadline, because if not, it's one of these things that you, yes okay yeah yeah no next week i will get hands on it and it passed two years and you have done, have done nothing so it, it was cool to have a, a deadline yeah
0: cool i'm very curious which one do you enjoy doing more calligraphy or lettering
1: uh it depends on the project
0: but let's say it's no project just in general I,
1: I am a calligrapher. I am a calligrapher. The first thing I did was calligraphy, and then um, I, I started to do lettering when I was um, a graphic designer. But this is something commercial. And for example, uh, my personal work is usually never lettering. Mm-hmm. When I have, when I get some time to do personal work, I do calligraphy. Okay. And I guess that's quite definitory of what I like most.
0: I see. And, uh, I,
1: I, I believe lettering to, yeah, to commercial work or maybe something personal, but something very specific. Do you
0: consider yourself more like a calligrapher or a calligraphy artist? Cause even in the beginning you said you don't like to see your works. You don't like to watch your work. And in your Instagram, like there is also not so much of your work. Like uh, you're like, do you consider yourself a calligrapher or calligraphy artist?
1: Um, I think I I understand what you're asking. Um, you know, usually when I do calligraphy, let's, let's start again. Usually I don't have too much time for personal work. Okay. So the work I do is, is real work, is commissions. And this usually is lettering and sometimes it's calligraphy. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, but it's commercial work, so I solve a problem, and it's my job, you know. Yeah. But when I have some time, uh, what I uh, what I do is calligraphy, and usually it's with an artistic, under an artistic point of view, like, you know, working on a text or and do something that I could hang. Later, I don't hang it. I just hide it on a. On a folder but i could hang it if i wanted to um so i i don't know I, I wish i could have the time to be a calligraphy artist yeah but
0: which one do you enjoy more more doing a commission work or doing your like artistic thing
1: um, I, I definitely i enjoy more uh doing my personal stuff mm-hmm. because you know it's it's more fun it's something you have created from scratch you are the client in that case i have to be the client and i have to be um, very critic with what i do mm-hmm. because it's not like everything is fine no no uh, i am kind of very strict uh, with what i do mm-hmm. and i mean if i am looking for a certain specific texture or letter style i got very obsessed with it and i work with that until I got it, okay. Yeah. Um, and I, I I don't know what was exactly the, Oh yeah, what I enjoy more, yeah, definitely doing my my personal stuff. But there are also some commercial work that is fun to do. Hmm. But yeah, uh, personal stuff is always fun because if not, you don't do it, you know.
0: Okay. And have you done? Are you doing uh, iPad calligraphy or what? What are your thoughts on uh, on this uh, topic? Because I guess you've seen online all these people with Procreate.
1: I I don't use it. Personally, I don't use it because you know, I I don't get used to it. I mean, my my wife is an illustrator and she has an iPad Pro with Procreate and sometimes I have used it it for work
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and I I just don't get used to it and when I use it, it's more for lettering than for calligraphy Mm -hmm. because I think that the most interesting results that people get with calligraphy, with an iPad, is when they get closer to a more organic texture. Uh, and then if what if you're piercing is an organic feel, why don't you just use a real brush and paper and watercolor? It's just that I don't get it. But there are certain type of work with a more digital look. That mm-hmm. has to be done digitally of course but personally i prefer to do some more organic stuff with paper and inks and things and unexpected stuff and accidents you know i
0: see and have you tried doing calligraphy in vr sorry have you tried doing calligraphy in vr with the glasses
1: oh no never no no well no. i i didn't know that this could be done i mean i've been I never thought of it. I have been, I have seen people like drawing with VR, but never thought of applying to calligraphy because I think I'm too old.
0: No, (laughs) no, like uh, last uh, week I recorded an episode with uh, Brody. I I guess you know him. And (laughs) he's 65 and he has his his own Oculus and he's doing well. You know, I'm not a fan of uh, iPad calligraphy, but VR, if you can do seriously try it because you know yeah. we are used to do letters on 2D and in VR you have something that we never tried this this is calligraphy in 3 dimensions and yeah. seriously I recommend it if you have the possibility to try it
1: Well uh, Noyen Svater is 65 but he is definitely younger than me I mean <laughs> What do you mean, oh, man? What you, mean? Well, uh, you, you understand what I say. And actually, the first, the first time I saw a guy uh, drawing in, in 3D with VR glasses was um, Glenn Keane. I don't know if you know who Glenn Keane is, but he's a classic Disney animator. He was the animator behind The Little Mermaid nineteen ninety nine. So he he's older, definitely older than me. And he was like drawing VR and it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like you said a couple of times during the podcast, I'm old. Like,
1: do you feel old yourself? I I don't feel old physically, but I, I, but I, let's put it that way. In the last five, 10 years, a lot of things are changing. Mm -hmm. And I am probably too lazy to adapt (laughs) myself to that changes. And I I am quite comfortable with what I do and don't have the need, for example, doing calligraphy with an iPad. And and I am quite comfortable thinking that, but at the same time, it's like, this is probably a sign that I'm getting a, a bit old, but you know, it, it passes quickly, yeah. Fair enough.
0: And are you teaching only in person or, because during the, pan, the pandemic and stuff like this, have you done some uh, Zoom classes or stuff like this?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh in the in our course in visions uh i have never taught online i have never done this and you know the pandemic broke in and everything stopped and we stopped the course and we thought okay maybe this is gonna take more than two weeks so probably uh we should find a way to teach online and then we discovered zoom and I put my iPhone to teach and everything was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. But step by step, I mean, I, I've gone quite proficient teaching online and I've done a few courses, for example. I think that, that you talked with uh, with Ricardo mm-hmm. from Photography Italia. Yeah. I gave a workshop with him, a couple of workshops with him. A while ago, also I I did a workshop for the Society for Calligraphy in Southern California. I also participated in the Legacy 3, which is the Calligraphy Conference uh, conference in Texas. And I have, yeah, I have I have done it, and and it's cool. I mean, there are certain things that are pretty cool uh, of teaching online. I think certain things are cooler okay certain, certain things work better than um, regular teaching in in, in person like but what like for example the attention to t- I mean I, I can take my camera and put it uh, like three inches from my paper yeah and if you put this on screen you have an incredible detail of uh, what is happening with my nib
0: I see yeah
1: it's something we that that it's difficult to get in a physical class. Yes, yes, I I,
0: I know what you mean. Yeah, that that's true, definitely.
1: Yeah, but then it falls apart with the one-on-one tuition. I mean, I cannot sit like five minutes with everyone and hey, this is what you're doing. You maybe uh, let me grab your pen and maybe you should do it that other way. So yeah teaching online or teaching physically every system has its own pros and cons Mm -hmm. but you know what i I did something recently uh i had to give a workshop physically
2: Mm -hmm.
1: with about 40 people which is a shitload of people but i went to I, i got invited to a college and and they did like the design uh, the design event of the year and I gave a workshop and I'm told, and it, it I, I mean, it was quite compact, but with a lot of people. So I, I thought like, there is no way I can, there is no other way I can do that, that in the classroom, setting up the camera and projecting. So um, I was, it, it was a, a brush a calligraphy um, workshop. With, Round brush. A brush pen workshop. Okay, so um, yeah, I I got my camera, and I was projecting on my back what I was doing. But then I could walk around and correct people their their practice. So it it was interesting, you know, uh, the camera for um, for a physical class. Yeah, it, it was fun.
0: I ask you if you do online, so maybe uh, you can do a class with calligraphy masters uh, on the Zoom. In some time, I'm up
1: to it. Yeah, of course. Awesome,
0: man. That that would be super cool. I have a funny a funny one. <laughs> I remember like it was something in the beginning of Calligraphy Masters. At one point, somebody sent me a video of you of some conference or I don't know maybe workshop, and you were like dissing Calligraphy Masters or you you didn't like it. Yeah. I, I'm just curious, like what what was this uh, about?
1: No, but because because um the thing at the beginning of calligraphy masters i think it does. Uh, it was a lot of contemporary stuff yes um uh, kind of oriented to the to to at what at, at that time it was called calligraphy like something very informal and something really contemporary and that that is cool but w- when i think about calligraphy master yeah i think that we have talk about this before. When I think about calligraphy masters, I thought I, I think about Edward Johnson, Rudolf Koch, Hermann Sapp, Werner Schneider, um and and then instead of those guys, th- there was some graffiti writer with a parallel <laughs> pen and I think I was like this is cool, but I wouldn't call that calligraphy master. And and, and it was that. It just uh, it was just the name of it. The I know.
0: It. I know. Like uh, I guess there's like a lot of people had a uh, issue with with the name, but it's never been about like like nobody calls uh, or like nobody of the crew is considers uh, ourselves as a masters. It's just like I've explained this in the podcast. It's a long yeah, story, yeah. but it, it led it leads to another question. Like, of course, all these names that you just mentioned, they are masters and. It took years, maybe special, uh, uh, what is called, um, not classes, but uh, yeah, I don't know, something that they had to go through like a year or two to get to the point to be called a master. Like, what do you consider today a master and uh, do you Mm -hmm. consider yourself also a master?
1: Mm. I I don't think so. I I, I think that in the last years, uh, the term master has been a bit devaluated. Like, hey, you do something kind of nice, you're a master on that. Well, I think that a master is something... Ah, it It is a nice question. I, I am not sure how to answer it, but a, a master should be something quite solid in everything. I mean, that a master should be someone that... A, master, a calligraphy master should be someone that controls any aspect of calligraphy under a very very solid point of view, and I have my weaknesses with calligraphy. For example, I I I, I do terrible copperplate, for example. So that that could be my main weakness. Do I consider consider myself a master? Not now, but I think that when I was, I hope that when I get a bit even a bit older, <laughs> it can be called that. Yeah.
0: But, like, so you say that you have to have knowledge and skills in everything about calligraphy to be a master. Like, for example, maybe. I
1: I, I, I was just improvising. A yeah, program. yeah, we, we just An talk, Yeah,
0: That's fair. I, I'm just curious. Maybe Herman Zaf or people like him, maybe they also had the weaknesses, but we consider them masters.
1: Probably, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, maybe.
0: This is just funny question that I like to ask in season two because I have asked even people from the crew and even John Stevens, Julian Waters, nobody wants to answer like what they consider as a master in our days.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, these these two guys, for example, John Stevens, Julian Waters, yeah, those are contemporary calligraphy uh, masters, even (laughs) though they are alive. Yeah, because uh, you know Hermansap and Rudolf Koch and Edward Johnston—they are from the past, so we tend to idolize them. Well, it's not—we tend to. Rudolf Koch is hands down the best calligraphy of history, and there is nothing you can uh, you can you can say that uh, makes make me uh, don't think that. But uh, the the time and the legacy they left, mm-hmm. I think that gives them a patina okay. that make make us consider them masters hmm. so people like Julian Waters or John Stevens that are alive uh, they they are they must be very good for for us to consider them masters i don't know i i don't know if i'm making a mess or something bad no uh,
0: is there something that uh, i haven't asked you but you think uh, it was nice to speak about or something you want to talk about?
2: Mm,
1: I think that in, in in relationship to what you asked before about if I feel a calligrapher or a calligraphy artist, uh, usually there are, I mean, for me, these are two different things. Yes. And I try to maintain it like that. I mean, when I got a commission, i try to get attached to the project Um, i guess that some people tries to have a style a very specific style and hey do you want a logo that's fine so this is my style and and then you watch portfolios of people that have the same style
0: yeah
1: have a very specific style and all, all the logos are kind of similar which is very cool
0: I know what you're talking about
1: <laughs> yeah but which is kind of cool because it's easy to, to a logotype and to get the money and you know I, I try to do the opposite I mean to do something different in every work mm-hmm. this is part of ego as well Okay. because it's like a, I try to make a talent out of Something that someone is paying me for doing it, and, and then I take it to my ground and and you know and try to make a talent of it, but it always respects the work. I mean, the most important thing is that that person that has asked me to do a logo or whatever, I guess the gets the most appropriate thing. I think that this is what differences a professional of an artist, I'm not saying that an artist cannot be a professional, but I I, I guess what you you understand, I guess you understand what I'm saying, is that it's not the same when you're working for others Mm -hmm. than when you work for yourself or for Instagram. When you work for others, you definitely have to set aside, under my point of view, have to set aside um, your um, style, if you got one, or your particular interests, and you have to you know, to do what you uh, have been paid for. Yeah, but and this is something interesting that, that that we have to think about. Yeah, I
0: I, I like it very much. Like what, what you said, it. I wish there were more people that think this way, because of course we we all need to make money, and of course it's the best thing to do uh, to make money out of what you love. But at the same time, yes, there are so many people that uh, don't stand for what you say, and they just like oh. like just to make something, don't care if they're copying or anything, don't put their soul into it, if I can say it this way
1: Yeah, sometimes they call and it's like, hey I want a logo type like that and they show me something I did like eight years ago (laughs) it's like, yeah of course I can do that but it's a pain in the ass because probably I want to do something else now and try to do different stuff but at the same time, they are asking me to do that, so they're paying, they will get what they want.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. well, wow. is there something that uh, you want to wish or to say to people which are listening now and maybe they're just in the beginning of their journey, some advice or whatever that you can tell them?
1: Yeah, they, they, I mean, it's all about working a lot. Uh, it's all about daily practice. You know, with with calligraphy, you, uh, I mean, it needs some time to understand the basic stuff and some more time to get proficient and you have to learn basically the structure of the letters and to learn how to use your tools and start with basic stuff because usually People wants to learn calligraphy, and and they start from uh, with the most difficult stuff because it's what they see on social media, and that is so fucking cool. And I want to learn how to do that. And maybe you have to learn something more basic at the beginning. For example, uh, about four, yeah four months ago, I started to take uh, drumming classes, Okay. play drums, and I, I had never. Play drums. Never, never, never. And and this is not something you can try to learn from the most difficult stuff, because basically you have two sticks and you don't know what to do with them. So you have to learn at, at a very, very, very slow pace. And it's kind of humbling. You know, once in a while I have the urge of learning to do something from scratch, something that I have never done. And now it's drums. And I have to learn how to do drums, uh, how to play drums, uh, Japanese fencing, um, cocktail making, uh, whatever. I I mean, very, very, um, how to develop my own own photography film, Uh, you know, some stuff that um, you need some technique to do uh, and that you have to first learn the technique because if not, it's not going to work hmm. and with calligraphy is the same you know yeah. learn to use your tools learn basic scripts and from then everything will go easier if you have never done calligraphy and you try to do a copper plate and fracture uh, you're gonna hate calligraphy because you're not gonna get what you want hmm. but you know stay calm practice simple scripts and it will get to
0: some point that it will work. Yeah, great. And if you're one of those people, uh, Ivan's book will be a great help for you. As I said, it will be linked in the description. And uh, and Ivan, as you just mentioned, you you have the search to learn new things from time to time. This just proves that you're not old, man. You're still yeah. <laughs> very young, because for me, people who have the urge to learn new things and try different things—they are still young, because I guess you become yeah. old when you don't want to try and learn new things. And yeah,
1: yeah. And, and you, uh, for example, with drums, you activate parts of your brain that you were not using, and that is quite interesting. And doing that at certain age, you know, when you're twenty, for example. Uh, in about a month, we have um, uh, a party because it's the end of the course, and I have to go to the stage and play a song. Okay, mm-hmm. with 20 years old, I would have I would have been terrorized of having to go to a stage and try to do something that I am not very good doing yeah but right now it's like if i fuck it up i fuck it up i mean what's no one's gonna die you know it's 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 gonna be fine and my teacher and me will look at each other and we laugh at it and, and, and nothing happens so it's it's quite cool to be doing stuff at any time of your life yeah
0: this is a cool point of view i never thought about this this way but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well I mean, I
1: I got nothing to prove playing drums at that point. So, yeah.
0: True. Well, Ivan, I want to thank you for being a guest of on the podcast it was a pleasure oh,
1: thank you for inviting me even though i was talking shit about the calligraphy master's name dude University.
0: come on man
1: <laughs> come on. no I, I didn't talk shit. That's, that's... no
0: like you yeah, i was just curious because you know they said man it was in spanish like i i never had yeah. a, i never had a problem i know back then people had an uh, issue with the name so it's nothing yeah. about this so once again, seriously, thank you for being a guest. For me, it was a great pleasure to learn more about you and about your journey. Uh, as you pleasure, yeah. As you said, you are up for giving classes on Calligraphy Masters, so we will keep in touch. And if, oh, you're, please. if you're interested, like before we talk, I actually was talking with Paul. He said to say hi to you, Paul Antonio. Hello. And uh, we, have another, we have another podcast with him. It's a different kind. It's not like this one. This is more about the journey of uh, calligraphy, calligraphers and artists. And the other one is shorter. And it's usually only me and him talking. But we're starting soon season two. So it will be great if you can join us for like 15-20 minutes to talk about some different things.
1: It will be a pleasure.
0: Awesome, man. Once again, thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. And as always, keep writing.